0: This is Kristen,
1: and this is Keontae, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to The, the Craft It Podcast. Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's a new week, and it's another episode. So, let's do our little check-in. How how are you, babe? How, how's your week been so far?
0: My week has been... Uh, my week has been okay. Come it's what... We're halfway through. Yeah, it's been Okay. I just feel, you know, I feel like the pressure of life and parenting and stuff like that. So, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing really to complain about, but, you know, in general, I just feel like a little, a little overwhelmed with life right now, you know, like, Ooh, I gotta be a mom. I gotta work. I gotta cook dinner. I gotta please my husband. I got, you know, that's a lot of things. I'm wearing a lot of hats right now.
1: Turn around. Oh my
0: goodness. This man, he going to bust out in a song. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, such is life. Oh, and, and if y'all was wondering what "come si, come ça means, um, I am bilingual. I speak French as well. He is not bilingual. Um, he knows like
0: three French sentences. I
1: don't know three French sentences. I took four years of French. You did um, not
0: take no four years of French. I did.
1: I took three years in high school and I took one year in college. That's four years of French.
0: I need to see the transcripts. Yeah, I'll show you the tra- This man, this We've had this talk if you all the three whole year, time. If you took three years of French, you needed to be at a UC, baby. You only need three years of a of a foreign
1: language. Yeah, but the rest of my yeah, I was I was doing. I gotta great see. In I gotta I see the transcript. Yeah, I was doing great in French. And other stuff, not so much in high school. Like, bro, I, like I barely, I barely skated through high school. Okay,
0: we'll we'll do this podcast in French then.
1: Okay, bonjour. Je m'appelle Quante. <laughs> that's on, all he knows that y'all. that's
0: all he knows my name d'accord, is kristen d'accord.
1: uh so <laughs>
0: you should see his face right <laughs> now guys <laughs> he, i mean he's really trying
1: but no nah, seriously Now i mean he nah, knows
0: he knows enough to, get by <laughs> yeah, know enough to get by he knows enough to get by he knows enough to sit at a restaurant and order a meal
1: but the funny thing is when, when we went to paris and i was trying to use my french the frenchman like, but, was like boy but, use english Right, ain't nobody playing with you. <laughs> so, but anyway, I'm see you. You get me off track. What I was about to say was though, is um, I feel you on like how your week is feeling. Cause I mean, such is life. Like that's the thing about life. And like, I was kind of ref- low key. I was kind of reflecting on this this morning as I was driving to work. Cause boy, was I late. Cause we didn't woke up late um after our trick or treating escapade and stuff like that. I didn't woke up late, almost got my kids to school late. They made it through the gate because them uh, them teachers, they'd be at the gate. Boy, they do not be giving you any grace period. They will sh- As soon as that clock hit 8 o'clock, the, the gate is shut. But anyway, my kids made it. But after I dropped them off and I was on my way to work, I was just really thinking like, man. Number one, I still wake up and tell myself, bro, I can't believe I've got kids. That's, that's wild. One, that's number one. <laughs> then like, number th- who
0: made me a mom?
1: Yeah, then number two, I was just it thinking. Was you. Of, Yeah. Then number two, I was just thinking about like kind of like what we've been having to kind of like do it with our son, like going through like, um, you know, just his kind of like attitudes and like his emotional part about him Um, and just trying to figure out ways to just like, you know, parent him, for lack of a better word. And I was just thinking, like, sometimes it does get hard or it seems hard, but, you know. We just got to continue to roll with the punches, you know, like we just can't stop. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Literally. I, yeah. Like, you their know, lives depend on right. It. Like they're like literally all of them are depending on us. They're depending on me to wash their clothes. They're depending on me to, you know, make sure they eat. They're depending on me to make sure they get to school to be able to learn. They're depending on me for me to teach them things. You know what I mean? For me to just be here. And while I sometimes it seems overbearing, I do sit back and I just think, like, wow, like, I can't believe that I'm in this position to be able to be a father.
0: Aren't you noble?
1: You know? And then, uh, you yeah, know, I just this think about... This is
0: nobleman fiante next yeah, to us. Yeah, and
1: then, and then I really just think about, because I just think about, like, all the times that I didn't have as a kid, like, you know, like, with my dad, and um, just me being able to be here, to be present, to, to be with him... To be with you.
0: Are you going to cry?
1: I'm getting a little emotional because now I was really, honestly, I was really just really contemplating on this, like, the whole, like, 15 minutes. And I was just like, man, life does get tough. Like, it does feel like it's just beating you up and you just kind of can't catch a break. But honestly, like, even what we're going through, like, <laughs> in the stress-wise, like, there's nothing compared to what other people are like, having to deal with, especially, you know, these times in the world. You know what I mean? We look at like what's going on in the whole other side of the world and things of that nature. And then I just find solace and like, you know, God isn't gonna put too much on me that I really can't bear. I may I may seem like I'm at the edge of my stress, but in the end of the day, you know, joy we've been may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning and I just got to continue to look at the bright side. and.
0: No, wow, and you're really down and out. I wasn't that down and out. I was. I said I was a little overwhelmed. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this man talking about joy coming in the morning. Did somebody die? I'm, nah, I'm but, so confused. You know, you just
1: feel like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I mean? You just feel like stressed <laughs> out. I mean, you just feel like, bro, like, it's just another day. And just, like I said, like, you just feel like life is just kind of beating you up. Like, it's just taking a toll on you.
0: Oh, I don't feel that stressed out. I I do feel a little, but not that stressed out. I don't know about the the joint. I mean, I was just, I do do appreciate the sermon though. Listen, I'm going to meditate on that when I'm feeling really, really down and out.
1: Mm. I mean, but like I said, other than that, I mean, my week has been fine. Like I I, said, it's not that I like, I've just been stressed out the whole week about that. I was just really just contemplating on that today of just even like, you know, I guess it was like an amalgamation of like, All the times I've kind of just felt like that. I felt at the end of stress, I felt like, man, what am I doing as a parent? You know what I mean? Um, Okay. So, but yeah. So, let's go ahead and get into our less deep question of the day.
0: Less deep or less get deep?
1: I mean, I'm sorry, Let's get deep. (laughs) So, today's question says, oh, what do you think is the coolest accent to have?
0: The coolest accent to have... A California accent.
1: What's a California accent? Well, well we got we got a couple of accents in the, California.
0: The regular California, the one you hear on TV. That's the accent that's the best to have. But
1: what? What? I'm I'm saying what is the specific California accent? Because I feel like you can go like the Hollywood accent, and you'd be like as if. That's so... Is that a
0: Hollywood accent?
1: That's like Beverly... I feel like that's like Beverly Hills, Rodeo Drive, Hollywood accent. I've
0: never... I don't know. I've never then heard you anybody got, from those places talk like that. Yeah,
1: then you got like the That's South, like from the movies. Yeah, but then you got like the South Central, no. Eaglewood, Watts no, accent. No, the one you
0: see on TV. Which one is that? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Which one is it? Have you watched the news before? Yeah. Those are the ones I'm talking about.
1: Like what? Okay, give me like an the, example. The
0: actors and actresses. When they're interviewing somebody and they talk, that's the accent I'm talking about. Regular speak, regular speech. There's no example.
1: Huh? Uh, so just so just plain Eng- So just plain English is what you're just saying.
0: California English that you see. But
1: it's California. So then it's Californian an accent. Is it the same as a Vegas accent? Is it the same as a.
0: Yep, that's pretty much the same. So West Coast accent. Oh, okay. That's my favorite accent because it's mine.
1: Okay, I would have to say my favorite accent, man. Please
0: don't say French, cause they, I don't like that accent. Nah, I
1: like I like the French language. I just I just find the French language fascinating. But my favorite accent has to be has to be the mandem up there in Tonaham, You dig, isn't it? Oh my gosh, I'm I so mean, embarrassed. Are you are you mad? Like what is that I, Jamaican? I, nah, that's from Top Boy. That's like a it's like a London uh like a London slang. No. they be like, I'm trying to get some peas, fam. Are you mad?
0: Not, that sounds silly. Like, Are you I mad? Don't think, I don't think I could take somebody seriously talking like that.
1: Come on, bruv.
0: No. Okay, so what's our next segment?
1: <laughs> our next segment is Random Facts of the Day. Um, all right, I don't know if we ever even actually named this segment Random Facts of the Day, but here it is. <laughs> it's a Random fact of the Day. Um... What do you think, what would you say is the number one cause for a whale to die? Like, what is the number one thing that kills a whale? People. In the ocean. You think it's people?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: I mean, back in the day. Or is it
0: other whales killing whales?
1: Uh, I mean, those are good questions. Uh, Back in the day, it used to be people. Like, you know, back in, you know, when we had like galleons and you know, ships and stuff that were, like, chasing down whales and hunting them for their whale oil, which people still do today. But one of the number one killers of whales is actually drowning. Hmm.
0: That's actually odd. Oh, because they're mammals.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So whales, yeah, whales, unlike other sea animals, whales actually have to continue to come up out of the water to breathe. They can hold their, they can hold their breath for, you know, a crazy amount of time, but sometimes, especially like in the calfing stage, like when they're, like when they're little, when the whales are essentially kids, um, they don't get up to the surface fast enough and they end up drowning. And sometimes Yeah. And then sometimes when whales, uh, when they're either like adult whales and they're in distress or when they get a little bit older, um, sometimes their body forgets to kind of float up to the top of the water. And get the air that it needs.
0: That's absolutely horrible, poor little babies.
1: But I just thought that was just, I think I think that's a fascinating fact because when you just think about the ocean and you think about like you just think about the the majesticness of a blue whale, you know what I mean? And it's just like you would think like the blue whale, like oh, the ocean, that's his domain, that's his territory. But while it's in the place, you know, while it's in that giant body of water, just floating around, that's you know that could also kill it yeah that's just a wild thing to think about
0: that is crazy
1: so yeah if you didn't know now you know that whales can actually drown you know unlike (laughs) other yeah unlike other uh sea animals like sharks and fish they all have gills um to where they can actually breathe um o2 through their gills well sharks are sharks are a little different did you know that a shark will die if it stops sharks have to continue swimming they have to continuously move for the water to brush against their gills for them to breathe if a shark stop if a shark stops it'll die
0: wow (laughs) listen i've learned a lot about marine animals today. that's really interesting honestly like uh i don't know that's just weird (laughs) to think about So i know sharks aren't mammals they lay eggs
1: yeah but just think about like have you ever seen just a shark be still i've never seen a shark Oh, I'm to say like I'm just saying like any movie, any National Geographic, sharks are always moving.
0: And Jaws, they be real still, ready to kill.
1: Yeah, so they're <laughs> yeah, so they're get, like because their gills are on the side of their bodies, and water has to rush against them for them to breathe. But fish like a fish can just float, and you know they can breathe on their own with their gills.
0: The more you know.
1: So anyway, yeah, that's random fact of the day.
0: Okay. Okay, so let's switch over into our forever segment. And so today, we are going to be talking about the qualities you need for a marriage. And so I'm going to start off with, you know, kind of like a little icebreaker question type of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think you need love in a marriage? Yeah. Absolutely? A hundred percent? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. For,
1: for, for, the, for a marriage. Any kind of marriage.
0: Do you think you need love in a marriage? Like, well, if there's... do you need love to, for the marriage to survive? Do you need love?
1: Yeah, I, I think you need love for the marriage to survive, marriage in a traditional sense. I feel like, I feel like if there it is no... Not
0: in a traditional sense, in any kind No,
1: yeah, of I, hold on, yeah, I'm, let me get to what I'm saying. I feel like if there is no love in the marriage, in whatever sense you think it is, it's not marriage at that point. Hmm. It could be a partnership, it could be a business transaction, but it's not marriage. A marriage has to consist of love.
0: That's not true. Any time you have a marriage certificate, you're married. It's yeah, a marriage.
1: I'm saying that's a that becomes if there's no love involved, that's just a business transaction.
0: No, it's still a marriage because legally it's considered a. But marriage. it's not truly a they marriage. They could still they could still make decisions on your behalf. They could own a house with your name on it, and your and both of your names on it. They could buy. They could have cr- dual credit. They could file their taxes together. In all senses of the word, you're married. Yeah,
1: but like I said, all those things you named are transactional ideas that are within side of a marriage in a business scope i don't buying things having your house on the name. i mean having your name on the house and so on and so forth yeah that sure you can you can get you can go down there and get a marriage certificate that's all fine and danny but in the true sense of what a marriage is there's no love between the two people that are married it's not a marriage it's not a real marriage
0: i think it could be a real marriage
1: Okay so why As, why what what is your what, why do you think that?
0: Because all you have to do is go down and get a piece of paper to get married, you know? It's legally it's considered a marriage. Yeah, That's I, the legal definition of a marriage. So therefore you don't need anything to get married. You could literally say, I'm not married. You're not married. Let's just get married and see what happens. Can love grow from that? Absolutely. But in all types of cultures and religions, some people don't even get to see their wife before they get married. And does love grow? Maybe, maybe not, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just think that you know, we don't have to be like one sided or one or single minded in the way that we look at a marriage. Yes, our marriage is more of a traditional Americanized marriage. However, there's plenty of marriages in other countries in which, you know, money is the most important factor or or status is the most important factor. And back in the day, you know, marriages weren't about love necessarily. It was about, you know, who could Fortify the kingdom, or who can have the strongest family? And so, I don't necessarily think you need love for a marriage. Do I think it's important? And I do I think it can grow in a lot of marriages. Yes.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: Hey, I was shooting some points there. Look, this man biting I mean, his lip. Like, dang, she is making. No, plate. I'm not biting my I'm lip. I was, that, letting, I was I'm letting, shooting that fire, no, baby. I was
1: letting you get your stuff off because I was about to say, like I said, at the end of the day. Again, even like what you said, like back in the day, like especially like in England and, and Europe and stuff like that, like when you had kings like Henry the First and stuff like that. Yeah, people were joining their families together because it was the benefit of, like I said, it was a business transaction. Most families would come. But it was
0: still a marriage though.
1: Yeah, but most families would come together because, you know, a noble house is getting with another house or whatnot. And, you know, I mean, they're converging their families to be a stronger unit to to garner the money that comes from the other noble house or their army and so on and so forth. So, like I said, like you can call that a marriage, but it's not it's not a marriage. I could go online right now and go get a certificate to become a real estate agent. But if I don't sell a house or if I've never sold a house, if I have this real estate license for like 10 years and I have yet to sell a house, am I a successful real estate agent? Am I truly a real estate agent? You're
0: still a real estate agent, maybe not successful.
1: (laughs) But I think that's just, I think that's in the technical sense. But like I said, I don't think... exactly
0: technical sense.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that a marriage is going to... I don't think we can look at a marriage and say, that was a successful marriage. If there's no love in between the two individuals that got married.
0: I think you can. But hey, listen i beg, we beg to differ we disagree on a lot of things and our viewpoints are very different on a lot of things mm-hmm. and listen i'm okay with that my husband not so much okay with that but there goes another difference so anyways because <laughs> we could go back and forth all day but let's go into the qualities of a marriage the good qualities of a marriage what what qualities do you think you need in a good marriage or that are important in a marriage
1: uh, like you give me like a number or just anything I can think no, of. No,
0: any qualities you could think of.
1: Um, a quality, a good quality, a quality of a good marriage. Number one is love. Um, number two would be um sacrifice. Number three would be communication. Well, I'm well, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to number I'm Like, what's the highest? But I'm just, I'm just naming them off. Okay. So communicate. So love, sacrifice, communication. Um, growth and, and I would say empathy slash compassion.
0: Okay. I would say the important things are in a marriage are communication, respect, um, gratitude, trust, Mm -hmm. loyalty, flexibility, um, just really things like that are important. But I looked up, you know, what the internet thought are the important things in a marriage, and they listed twenty things. Okay. So communication. Mhm. And you know that's because effective communication is is important to understand each other, to resolve conflicts, to build you know that emotional, that emotional connection basically, and yeah, that that's emotional intimacy. Everyone. Um. Trust was number two. Mm -hmm. So really, trust is the foundation of any marriage. Like, if you don't trust each other, you know, it involves really being reliable and honest and transparent and all those good things. So um, that was one. Respect. Mutual respect, obviously. You know, you got to really treat each other with kindness and consideration. Shared values. Mm
1: -hmm. Which
0: is interesting because neither one of us mentioned that. But I think it's really important. Shared values. And, you know, just having some commonalities and some, like, not necessarily in the way you grew up. But I feel like sometimes the more things you have in common, maybe the more, maybe the more compatible you are sometimes. Sometimes. I don't know. It kind of depends. I don't know. That's, that's another topic for another time. Um, another one was emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, the emotional connection and all that good stuff. Flexibility ability to adapt you know you gotta you gotta listen in order to have a successful marriage you gotta be able to bend you have to be able to compromise change circumstances adapt all the good things um quality time spending that quality time together independence I'm big on independence I wasn't really at first but right now I'm extremely big on independence Because, you know, you still are an individual at the end of the day and you got to maintain your interests, your your interests. (laughs) What am I talking about? Your interests and your personal, you know, whatever is personal to you and the things that are important to you. Friendship. I think that's a really good one because, listen, that companionship and that friendship, it's like. I don't know. I think that makes your marriage next level, really, to me. Oh and I'm, yeah. I'm surprised I didn't even mention that. What were you gonna say? Oh
1: yeah, I was about to say yeah. I mean, those are good points. I I mean, I just I don't think that. I think I think if we sat here and like you know we really had the time to really like we had a piece of paper and math out on this, I think we we'd come up with. Most of this stuff. I think we were just kind of going rapid fire. But anyway, to, say, to talk about friendship. <laughs> you said though, mine
0: weren't good enough.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I mean, because I mean, what they saying is some of the things I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. as I'm hearing you list them off. But I think friendship is just really key because there's so many there's so many people that are in marriages that don't like each other. Yeah. You know? That's and true. I mean, like, really don't like each other. But I feel like when you're when you really have a friendship. In but marriage, they're
0: still married. That shows something. I'm just saying. Still yeah, a but, marriage.
1: Yeah, but you can love somebody and not like them. You can still love a person.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: just because. Yeah, just because. Like, just because something happened and Like, I don't. I don't like them. Or I don't like. I don't. I don't like the way she does X, Y, and Z. Or I don't like the way he does X, Y, and Z. You can still have love for a person, but if you, if there's no love, like if there's no love found, then. then but yeah, if there's no. no
0: like, is there love? Yeah. That's I, different. Yeah.
1: Just like. Just, like, at the end of the day, like, you're going to have unconditional love for your parents. You're going to have, like, I'm going to have inc- unconditional love for my mom. My mom can do a million things that I don't like, or would not, but I'm always going to love her. But
0: that doesn't mean you don't like her as a person. Mm,
1: for some people, maybe. Some people, I'm some people, saying. some people have moms that are, like, that, like, abandon them, that was on drugs. They don't love them or
0: like them. Mm, I'm just saying.
1: Some people do. I mean, I, like I said, some some I, people some people's parents have made the wrong choices, time after time. But they're they still love their parents, even though, you know, they might not like the choices and like the person, the people that they are. But I don't know. Alone.
0: Listen, I hey, don't know. Even if I Emin, agree. even
1: Eminem said he loved his still loved his mom to a certain point.
0: I don't know nothing about <laughs> Eminem and his mama, but I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, let's continue then. Um, which one was I? Which one was the last the one I said? friendship let me see dang I done uh got confused okay so problem solving I feel like that's communication that goes underneath that Mm -hmm. affection expressing affection through physical touch words gestures hey that's the love languages um support that's a really good one too like can you support people through the good and the bad what kind of support are you providing what does that support look like um Gratitude, being grateful for each other, laughter and fun. That kind of goes into liking each other.
1: And friendship, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so equality just an equality maybe equality is it they said equality, but that's not the right word to me. It more it should be like equity. Because equity is not the same thing as equality. Equity means everybody has access. I mean, equality means everybody has access and and it's all balanced. Equity means everybody gets what they need kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. it might not be equal necessarily, but it's equitable because everybody gets what they need. Some people need a little bit more than other people, you know? Um, Patience, commitment, boundaries, setting healthy boundaries. That's Man, that's important. Some of these you need before you get married, like, you know? (laughs) <laughs> these are the things you got to look for before intimacy and um support external support so i guess that goes with the in-laws we were talking about last week mm-hmm. so i don't know what do you think about that list
1: yeah i think it's a good list like i said i think uh it covered everything that we said and then a little bit more um but yeah i think all those coming together um yeah that makes a very viable marriage i like i can't see how you know if all of those, if the, if everything on that list is continued to stay intact, and like you continue to practice those things to strengthen them, I don't really see how a marriage can fail. You know,
0: if you broke, the marriage can fail. No, I mean,
1: not even that. Like, kinda,
0: cause listen, some people, marriage don't, uh, none of those things pay no bills. Zero. But no,
1: but you just, but again, like you go back to like support, so you know, if your goal is to continue to, like, the only way y'all gonna go broke, like, if y'all have money, the only way y'all gonna go broke is if y'all not supporting each other, or if y'all not like, sacrificing certain things to gain a financial foot, or, or gain a financial hold, and, and, and continue to build up your marriage, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't, I mean, I feel like, of course, of course, in all reality, like, you know, you need money, you need finances to continue to yeah, keep up your lifestyle, but Money isn't everything when it comes to an actual marriage. Yeah.
0: You you know it, though, but you do need Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Before you could have any of those things, you know what you need? You need water, food, shelter. So, you know, you literally can't have any of those things without that. If your basic needs aren't met, then you can't have any of that. But that's another topic for another time. But, yeah, so I just think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said, oh, you know, they you know, don't pay no bills. Because, listen, if you hungry and you about to die, then marriage don't matter at that
1: point. Yeah, but I'm talking about everything you named off the list. Like I said, yeah. I think everything on the list, if you have and practice everything on that list, it's going to be hard for your marriage to fail.
0: And so I would add, if I got to add something, I would add safety and security, you know? Safety mm. and security, and that's that in that's with... in multiple multiple ways. It's not just emotional safety and security, but also your physical safety and security and so you know it was a, it was kind of a broad list, and some of them could be meshed together, yeah, but if I was to add number twenty one to the list, that would be number twenty one for me or number one <laughs>
1: okay
0: but yeah, anything else you want to say about that before we go into roots and Bloom?
1: Yeah, I just think that, um, yeah, like even in this talk of like when you when we're just like how you define what your marriage is, um, I think that's I think that's really probably one of the most um important things before you even step into that realm. Because even even just like the even just like us and our ideas, like having a difference of like opinion, sometimes people get into relationships or Not even just marriages, but even like business partners. People enter into things and there's two different people and one person has one idea of something. Another person has another idea of something. But then they get together and think, oh, like we're forming this partnership. We're forming this business, business partnership. But one person is thinking this business partnership means that, you know... Whatever risk I take, you know, it's our risk or whatnot. Another person may think like whatever risk he takes, that's his risk, but you know, I got this plan and this go to do X, Y, and Z. So I think that it's good and I think that one of the most important factors in a marriage and really building your marriage is how do you define marriage? And yeah. that should be one of the first things before you step into that realm and go further in your relationship, um, going into marriage is what is marriage to you?
0: Yeah. And full transparency, we've never done that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but listen we are still married right now i guess that'll be <laughs> maybe that'll be the next topic for the next time but or maybe that's this time i don't know but we didn't go into which ones were the most important to us but yeah maybe we'll do that next time mm-hmm. and have a full you know conversation about it
1: yeah yeah like yeah we've never we've never I yeah, we've never sat down and had a conversation and like actually expressed that. Like, but what it's is important. A, what is a, Let's know, just
0: put it in black and white. Yeah, what
1: is a marriage? To, what is a marriage to us? But I think us, me and you, even at, even the bottom line of whatever, like the difference of what you name and what a marriage is and what I think a marriage is. I think the bottom line, our marriage, our the how we view marriage and what a marriage is, is in a biblical sense for us. Okay. Yeah, God as God is the foundation. Oh what not? He's the head he's the he's the head of this union. He's the one who brought this union together. And we're following a suit biblically biblically of what marriage is defined as.
0: Okay. All right, let's go into roots and bloom then. Um, so I just wanted to tell it's funny that our first little section started talking about overwhelm and things like that. Um, Cause that was actually our topic for parenting today, mm-hmm. and it's so funny because he doesn't know the parenting and marriage topics until I get here and tell him. Usually, because I don't know, I just think it's better that way. Cause it, you know, it makes the conversations more real and authentic and not rehearsed. So I kind of like that that aspect of it. So, anyways, we were gonna talk about overwhelm and overstimulation, and so specifically the things that make you feel overwhelmed, overstimulated, and all of that good thing. good All of those good things as parents and, you know, working parents at that. And so, the overwhelm and overstimulation. Do you, what's the number one thing that makes you feel overwhelmed or overstimulated?
1: Like with the kids?
0: In general, as a as a working dad, what makes you feel... I mean, this is the parenting section, but it doesn't have to be just the kids.
1: Um... Overwhelmed and overstimulated? Uh, or
0: you, if you want me to, I can go first.
1: Probably, well, for me, it probably just be like not getting enough sleep. Like if I'm tired, anything, most of my, like most of my irritation or overstimulation revolves around my like sleep. Okay. And me, like I like to stay up late. Now. I, I stay up late and I get up early. Um, and usually, usually even when I run off of like, I can run off of like four hours of sleep you know, what I mean, and be kind of straight, like get through the day and do what I got to do. Oh, uh, but now, but then there's periods of time where I'm like, I'm only getting four hours of sleep, like three days in a row. And after that third day, my body like, bro, come on now, what are you doing? And then that starts, <laughs> that starts to reflect in my attitude where I get a little bit more short tempered. Like if the kids aren't doing, if the kids aren't listening the first time when I said to do something, you know, now it's, now I'm getting irritable. Now I'm getting a little overstimulated.
0: Yeah, if he if he was a cartoon character, it would be like the smoke coming from his ears and the forehead line.
1: Mm-hmm. What's
0: that forehead line called?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Just <laughs> the I don't cartoon
0: head. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. So, anyways, that <laughs> that's crazy to me. But yeah, so the thing that makes me overstimulated the most, you probably know. Do you know?
1: It's a lot of stuff. Clutter. Loud noises, it's touch. the
0: noise, the noise, just being the noise that'll send me over the edge. I cannot, it's just too much, it's just too much, too much noise. And it's kind of wild because kids make a lot of noise in general, so that's like a crazy trigger for me. But you know, it is what it is, and so a lot of things can overstimulate parents. Basically, the fact that we're always multitasking, literally the fact that we're most of the time juggling work and parenting the lack of time all the busy schedules you know you running kids to we're running kids to karate practice we're picking them up from daycare childcare in general finding childcare listen we had a whole episode of finding childcare before this year (laughs) like Mm -hmm. we lost three hundred dollars in the in the aspect yeah Yeah, and we we were gonna have to pay over three thousand dollars for child care and thank god it's only twelve hundred now which is still a lot but you know it's better than three thousand um just the financial pressure of supporting a family is crazy like you know especially and this day where you need all of the two incomes that people have today, you need all the two incomes and you need some side hustles basically mm-hmm. to, to prepare for your kids and stuff like that. And to um, just keep up with the bills and stuff, the household chores, our house. Oh my gosh, the clutter. It's just so hard though when you're working and we're both working And, you know, we're trying to maintain a house. We have so many clothes and toys and all those things. So, you know, that could add to being overwhelmed, overstimulated. Sleep deprivation, which is what you mentioned, of course. We have um, just the guilt from working sometimes. Like, you know, back in the day, there was a mom at home or a dad or somebody at home or the grandparents. But, you know, like sometimes you could feel guilty because, like having that person at home to give your child that constant attention and to be there for their ever beck for every beckoning and call is it beck and call or beckoning and call
1: <laughs> beckoning call beckoning
0: call anyways i, I gotta know. look that up maybe i better use something else huh but to be there for you know all their needs and wants and stuff like that and really kids turned out better more emotionally regulated when there was a parent at home so you know you also have to deal with that guilt career advancement we have to balance that health concerns like you know like kids begin sick then you got to figure out how to stay home We have school and extracurricular activities and just being flexible as a family. And then sometimes you don't have the support that you need from your employers when you need to take off time or your family or anybody. And so that could also increase the overwhelm, overstimulation. And then, you know, you also want to have self-care and all those things and... (laughs) It's like, it's not enough time in the day sometimes. And then you have the unpredictable schedules, like we're all good. And then, up, uh, boop, your kid is sick. Then what? So then you add, all. <laughs> I know this is terrible to talk about all this. It probably feels like, oh, this is overwhelming. But, you know, then you have your noisy environment. You have the tight schedules. You have all the electronic devices, the meeting deadlines, the social obligations. Like, it is literally non-stop, the lack of personal space. It's just, I don't know. It's like sensory overload, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Sensory overload. And then you have to meet the health demands and the emotional demands and financial demands of your kids and then the boundaries and all of those things. And so, you know, I just feel like moms a lot are overwhelmed and overstimulated a lot of times because kids kind of look at you as oh, you're the primary parent almost, because they want to ask you for everything. You know, it's never, it's mostly, ask mom, let me see what mom thinks. Let me go over here and hug up on mom. Let me get up on mom. But then dads, you know, are taking more of an active role in this day and age. So, you know, they're feeling the, the pressure from that as well, you know? yeah. And so, it could just be really hard as parents. And One of the things I do is I I, um, put on my noise canceling in my headphones and it muffles all the noise. Um, I literally have a fidget in my car to fidget while I'm driving sometimes because I get overstimulated in the car because it's just like, it's like a confined space and all the noise is like projecting. And then, you know, um, what do you do basically to... uh, Unwind? Not to unwind, but like to deal with the overstimulation and the overwhelm
1: um i mean it's it kind of it's kind of what i said earlier me i I don't like when it comes to me and you like i don't really get like overstimulated like and in the same sense like as you um me as a man like i'm like all those things that you were naming like you know just the kids being sick who's gonna watch them Um, us being at work all day and really not spending all that time with the kids, financial responsibilities, paying the bills, you know, I constantly think about that stuff all day, every day. So
0: how do you deal with
1: it? Um, I just keep going. Like, that's why, that's what I was saying earlier. Like I just got to sit back. The only thing, the only thing I can do that, like I said, that kind of de-stresses me is I like listening to jazz. Of course, I, I funnel everything out through music um especially like Miles Miles Davis's uh blue album um I listen to that a lot that really calms me or like classical music but really truly for the most part of my day almost every day I'm thinking about an amalgamation of all that stuff constantly mm-hmm. especially finances and you know just wanting to do better wanting to have more have more money, you know, to do more things with the kids, having more time to be with the kids, having more time for us. Like, you know, but I I feel like if I just continue to stop or if I stop and just like allow it to overwhelm me, then I'm going to be stuck. Like I'm going to be stagnant. So I literally continue to just roll with the punches. And really, just like I I said earlier, I have to just find silence in that, you know, even though it just feels like a lot, God isn't going to put So much on me to where I'm gonna break. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm laughing because I'm like, dang, you just rolling with the punches. But that was quite a sermon you gave at the beginning.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what. But I was saying that was the that was the that was the the gist of my sermon. Like, I have to stop and really just think about it, and really, you know, reflect on it, and be like, man, you know, like life is hard. Life is going life. Period. That's true. You know what I mean? And you know, I mean, my kids are depending on me. I can't stop. I just I can't stop. I can't. You know, I mean, I I can, but like I have, as God's continue to give me the breath, giving the will, like I gotta get up and get up and you know go to work. I gotta do my little side hustle, whether it's you know, slanging graphics or doing whatever I'm doing. Not slanging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I'm a I'm a graphic designer, so I do freelance work if y'all if anybody ever needs like a logo or something made. Holla at me. <laughs> right. Um, feed
0: these kids. Feed these yeah, kids. Like, like we feed the children over here.
1: You know, like I literally have to like I, I have it in my mind, like I can't stop. Like that's why I remember a couple episodes ago, you asked me, like, you know, how do you do self-care? When do you do self-care? And I just was kinda telling you like I kind of get to self care when I can get to it. Like as far as like some of my favorite things, like going to the salt cave or the the um, was it the the float tank, the the tank float place? It's like a deprivation tank where you just float um in darkness or whatnot. Um, but like I want to do those things, but man, like the way life be in, I'm just like I gotta do what I gotta do. You know what I mean? I just don't... I feel like it's no time for me to really take a break. I know it sounds sounds unhealthy. It's very unhealthy. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, I just... I don't know. Like, I don't know how to have, like, that off switch. You know, every now and then I do go and do, like, you know, like, I'll be like, I'm gonna go to the movies. You know, go to the movies by myself. That's an outlet for me. So, I, I have outlets and, like I said, my biggest outlet is really music and prayer. Music and prayer are my two biggest outlets. Okay. You know what I mean? Um... And really just, like, my, the, like talking to my boys, um, you know, I have my men's group where we, we're all husbands and fathers, so, of course, we're talking about, you know, the stuff that I'm talking about now. Like, just the kind of the pressure of just being a man, being a husband, being a father, and trying to be actually be the fathers that, you know, we didn't have, you know what I mean? And, yeah, it, it seems overwhelming, and it seems like light, like I said, just is going to keep on going, so... I just got to keep on going because the bills ain't gonna stop. Yeah, you know I mean the, the the car is gonna con- consistently need gas. My kids are gonna consistently need food. You know what I mean? But they're also gonna consistently need me. So that's why even I say like nothing really. They don't really overstimulate me like that much unless I'm unless I'm sleep deprived. Uh,
0: Whoa. Well, yeah, know. but even in
1: that sense, like I have to make you sure like you're pretty I'm, overstimulated I'm there. to me. But then, so then, what would be, what would be the things you you would see in me that says like, oh, you overstimulated
0: when you're yelling or you're being short with the kids. Oh, that's just
1: me yelling is just natural. You you even say I I yell. That's just the way I talk. But
0: that's also overstimulated too. It's not that you can't talk different because if you were dealing with somebody else's kids, you wouldn't be talking like that. You know.
1: Hmm.
0: But it's the fact that it's your own kids. But. One of the ways, like, I think about all the things that you were saying, too, you know, like their well-being. I think about finances, how to spend more time. Uh Heck, that's why I made a a career change. You know, I really wanted to prioritize just spending time with the kids and and being able to be there for them and raising them. I'm a big, I I also, um, like I said, I use the fidgets. I use the headphones. I also like to take baths. (laughs) on a weekday for an hour or whatever, that really helps to calm me and relax me. I also go to therapy. I was going every single week, but I, you know, I started going, um, once every two weeks. So matter of fact, I have it tomorrow. And so, you know, there's a lot of little things that I do. I like to light candles Mm -hmm. and things like that. Sometimes I'll just go and sit in the car for 30 minutes or whatever you know, before I go to get something, I'll say, oh, I gotta go to the store, and I'll sit in the car for 30 minutes, and so I think that helps a lot of the times, but basically, the overwhelm and overstimulation, if you don't deal with it, and you just keep going, like you're saying, no offense, but, you know, gotta gotta come with the facts, but, you know, it can lead to stress and anxiety, it could lead to panic attacks, it could lead to fatigue and sleep problems and sleep disturbances to the point where you cannot sleep. It could lead to frequent mood swings and irritability.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and it's noticeable, you know, it could lead to physical health issues like headaches and stomach issues, and even a weakened immune system. It, um, has, it, um, adds to decreased productivity. Like you ain't even going to be efficient at work. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) <laughs> because of the overwhelming stress mm-hmm. um you neglect your own self-care you, you can have strained relationships it could start affecting and pouring over into our marriage then you have like the guilt and shame of not being able to do it all or feeling like you know you're inadequate and eventually you burn out you start withdrawing socially you neglect your own hobbies And those are more so symptoms of depression. So it can turn into depression. You also have decreased patience, which goes into the same um, thing where you're irritable and Mm -hmm. the mood swings and all that. And you could even have, like, the physical symptoms like tension in your muscles, shallow breathing. Your weight could change. And then you could start seeking escape in unhealthy ways like, I mean, like screen time or overeating or... Or um, you know anything doing? I mean, not that we're gonna turn into drug addicts, but you can, you know, end up be, being a drug addict or an alcoholic. And so, how do we reduce the overwhelm and overstimulation? Is really prioritized. You have to realize, and we have to realize that we cannot do it all. Mm-hmm. We can't. There's no way we can't do everything. We have to delegate. So we have to figure out like who can do what. Like, you know, what are some things that we could let go? What are some things that we, you know, that we can simplify, that we can make easier, that we could put on somebody else? We have to set boundaries. And, you know, even with me being touched out sometimes, listen, mommy is a little touched out right now and I'm just going to have alone time for 30 minutes, you know, I need you guys to go and have alone time too. They're at the age where they can do that um time management like we gotta really organize our schedule and organize just our household in general. Like what is important? And then self care. We have to really prioritize self care by putting it in the calendar. Like on this day, this is what I'm gonna do. And I'm pretty good at that. Um I put in things like with my friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. But even like exercise or meditation like at 8 30 every day. I've been pretty good at exercising too. I didn't exercise today, actually, though, because this was actually my exercise day. But I've been good at exercising the last two weeks and stuff, and that's been helpful. But prioritizing that stuff, limiting our own screen time so we don't have the extra exposure from computers, and then simplifying and decluttering, because the clutter in your house also adds to that stress, that overwhelm, that anxiety. You're constantly being visually stimulated, and then it's it's a constant reminder, like, I have to do more. I'm not doing enough. Everything is out of whack, you know, and it's the first thing you see. So it carries on into your whole day and to how you act with the kids. It carries on into the kids, all that stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, you have to know when to seek support me. I know I need to go to my therapist just so I could talk things out and, um, you know, get better coping strategies and things that I could do. You know, it just keeps me grounded in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mindfulness. And that's really where, reading your Bible and praying, you know, I try to do that every single day, reading my Bible, listening to sermons and stuff, it just keeps you, um, like, it gives you the right perspective, and it gives you the, the reminders that you need, quality sleep, I'm big on my quality sleep, and that's why I recently got my sleep apnea machine, because listen, I said, my sleep could always be better, so now, you know, I'm more rested, my brain is more free to think, and then limiting news exposure, I don't, I, I just don't watch the news very often, and I do that purposefully because I know it triggers anxiety. Because, listen, this world is already horrible, and, you know, not horrible enough, but it, it's pretty, you know, there's a lot of things going on already in the day-to-day life without having to turn on the news and see everything that is horrid. Like, I have friends that send me negative news letter stuff. And I just don't ever even respond. I don't read it. I don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. not that I'm trying to be naive and not stay informed, but it just reduces my stress and it it helps me not to be overstimulated. And then, um, schedule your breaks and your downtime. Have positive communication. Like I refuse to be in negative communication with people. I'm not going to argue with anybody. I'm just not. I just say okay to everything. I'm not like once I see it taking a turn to the negative. No, thank you. Let me dismiss myself. Cause I got enough stress already in life without having to argue with somebody. And that could go for anybody. Nobody is going to get an argument from me. No, thank you. I mean, unless maybe I'm on my period that I'm a little more spicy, but other than that, nope. Um, financial planning could really alleviate some of that financial stress. Like taking an honest look at the budget and living within our means, you know sometimes uh-huh. people forget the very basics and then like I said, therapy and self-reflection, just regularly assessing my goals and our goals and our dreams as a family and adjusting them with our needs and our values and just keeping the right perspective. Yeah and so those are some things that really help you know with that overwhelm and overstimulation. So which one of those do you think you could uh, that you could start? Using or benefiting from.
1: Um, well, I mean, all of, them, all of them are pretty good. I mean, I feel like, especially for me, I think two that like why, I, why I said like you know, I'm I haven't really been feeling like. It, it, like, completely just, like, overwhelmed. When I mean, like, when I mean, like, I'm rolling through the punches, like, I'm not, I don't mean by, like, I'm just, like, well, this is life, and life is just happening. <laughs> that's what it and sounds that's like. that's just, that's just what it is. Now, honestly, like, I've been using, like, for the, really, honestly, for the past month, Um, the last two things that you touched on, like, therapy and self-reflection... Um, I've been using like the coping skills, even me, like, even me, like really honing in on my jazz album. I've been using the coping skills that my therapist had gave me, um, the three, three coping skills that my parent, that my, uh, therapist had gave me to help me to like focus more and just kind of calm down my stress. Number one was finding something that can focus me, one thing, one or two things that can focus me, and the one or two things that focuses me, like I said, when I go, like, especially when I get to work, and I'm feeling like, bro, I got a whole, I got a whole bunch of projects that I complete, I throw on my jazz album, I'm listening to that, I listen to that for about an hour, I'll take a break, and then I'll throw on my bible, And just kind of let that run, then go back to my jazz album, and I just I just go back and forth. Or some some days, like you'll send me sermons and stuff like that, and I'll listen to sermons as well. That was one coping mechanism. The other coping mechanism, which which has been major for me, like for the past month, is what you said to prioritize. What I used to do when I used to just be stressed out and feel like bruh. I gotta do X, Y, and Z. I would just think about X, Y, and Z. I remember you was telling me like you have to write your stuff down. You know, you gotta get it out your mind, and then once you write it down, you'll be okay or whatnot. And I tried that, and it just didn't. It, it just <laughs> didn't work for me. But what he told me to do, my therapist told me to do. He was like, you literally have to look at. Everything you have to do, because he was like, life is just life is gonna life is gonna continue to happen. You're gonna continue to have stuff that you gotta do, but you gotta constantly remind yourself to take things one day at a time. And so I've been doing that. And then the last thing is really just self reflection, like you said, which is funny. Um, really focusing in on like where I see myself, where I want to better myself, and what am I doing to better myself while taking on all the stuff that I that I have to take on. And so, like, for me, even with therapy, like, I've actually, I took a, I took kind of like a break from therapy, took a pause from par- therapy, it's, been, this, the, after the end of this week, it'll be a full month that I haven't been, been in therapy, which I'm gonna get back, I'm getting back into therapy next week, but I think this break, this break has been interesting, it's been kind of a good pause for me, because, A, when I go back to therapy, I'm, I'm, I'm actually gonna have a new therapist, and one thing I experienced when I first got into therapy was, and things of that nature like I think like the first like maybe like four sessions bruh that kind of took a toll on me too because I was kind of like rehashing like my life or just kind of this the sense of like the sense of like depression and the sense of like all the things I had to kind of overcome um and so like I've kind of been like holding myself off so I can like get this self-reflection period and like just kind of managing through these coping skills before I jump back into that, because man, I had, like I said, we've, we've had like just regular life stuff with the kids, the finances, I'm still in school as well. So trying to do all the regular stuff I have to do with the stresses at work, the stresses in life, and then I'm taking these classes. I'm like, bruh, my brain, I need to get it to a certain point where it can be stable, where I know I can be able to take back on certain challenges. Um, but for, to make this even shorter, um, most of the stuff that you name though, they're, they're good, they're good skills to start. They're good skills to continue to keep yourself balanced and not totally overwhelmed to where you get to the edge of stress and you feel like you just want to jump off. Um, so those <laughs> well, are the things if you feel like
0: you want to jump off, please contact the medical professional to get some medication.
1: Yeah. So, but those are the things that like really I've been practicing that I felt has really been helping me out. And then, okay. you know, just talking through life with, like I said, talking through life with the people that are closest to you, not just your spouse, but like I said, like I got a core three of three friends that are all husbands that are all fathers that I could talk to them and relay the same, like what I'm going through or what I'm feeling. And then they can kind of reciprocate that point. Also to another key thing is make sure your friends are sharing your same values as so all of the three, the Three people I divulge my information to, they're all grounded in Christ. You know what I mean? So not only are we divulging the things that we're stressed about, but we're encouraging each other with the word and, you know, just assurance from how God's promises have us. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, the one that I'm going to focus on this month is going to be Simplify and Declutter because listen, once I have a clean house, I could do anything, okay? I mean, I could, I feel like I could already do anything in the, in most senses, but once I have a clean house, then I feel like I'm almost unstoppable. And so, I reached out to an organizational prof, organization professional, and he is going to help me, he and his team are going to help me declutter my house. And get rid of a lot of things. And so I'm so ecstatic and excited about that. And I mean, I don't know how much he's charging yet, but hopefully it's not through the roof. But at this point, listen, I'm willing to almost pay anything to have a clean house and not feel that stress, you know, of, of having, you know, clutter and clothes and toys and stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that, my friends, was Roots and Bloom. And... I mean, it kind of has to do with parenting in a way because we are the parents and we have to, uh, you know, we got to make sure that we are coping. But I just feel like, I just felt like that topic was necessary Mm -hmm. because, you know, parent, parenting life is crazy, especially with three children and especially with school age children because you have so many different dynamics and things like that and so many different personalities. And, you know, we have to remember these are little people that we're working on and trying to turn into adults one day. And so, you know, we just have to be cognizant of our own emotions and we have to check in with ourselves and see how we are doing and we have to be realistic and self-aware about us. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's Roots and Bloom.
1: Good stuff, good stuff. All right, now for our lifestyle topic, we're going to be talking about my man, Keith Lee. Now I don't know if you guys have uh seen I don't even know if you guys even know who Keith Lee is. I I would I would think that most people have either heard of his name or they just know outright who he is. But just to make it short, Keith Lee is a internet personality or a, I guess what we call him now today is like an influencer. He's like a social media influencer. But what he does is he does food reviews um for restaurants all over the place. Okay, but, I've been hearing the name. Yeah, but his 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 approach to doing food reviews is a little bit different than what normal, like, food critics will do. Um is just big on, like, he's big on, um, like, how he's being treated, like, at the restaurants and, like, the quality of food um, without them, you know, without a big hoopla about it. So one of the key things that he does is that when he gets food, he always orders the food not in person because now... You know he's kind of like a big person. Like he's a low key celebrity. Like he got like millions of followers on his social platforms. Like I think right now, I think like on TikTok, he's at like eighteen million followers. Um, so what wow, he, that's so, a lot. Yeah. So what he does is he'll he'll either call in an order or DoorDash, or if he pulls up to a restaurant, he'll have one of his family members or somebody a part of his team go get the food instead of him getting it. Because he wants to try the food unbiased to where it's no, like, preferential treatment. You know what I mean? Because just think about it. Like, if you go into a restaurant, you Kim Kardashian, you know what I mean? And, like, you tell them, like, hey, I'm coming down to the restaurant. They're going to make sure they got a little space for you. They're probably going to tell the chef, like, look, cook, you, like, put your foot in the food. Yeah, you know I mean, cook it out of this world so she can say <laughs> it was good. You know what I mean? So
0: he like to surprise them.
1: Yeah, not even surprise them, but more so he's just doing it from the scope of like a regular person. Like he wants to give a review for the day-to-day people that are going to restaurants. Because, of course, if a celebrity gives a review in a restaurant, they're just going to say, oh, man, the service was great. The food was great. But that's because they've put emphasis on you because you're a celebrity. Now, what I want to get into is what has happened over this weekend. Keith Lee then showed up in Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. And this isn't the first major city that Keith Lee has showed up in. He's been to places like Detroit, Chicago. I don't think he's been to New York yet. I don't think he's done any reviews in New York. Um, But I know originally, like, he lives in Vegas, so he's done done a lot of food reviews in Vegas or whatnot. But anyway, he gets to Atlanta, and lo and behold... Um, he just, some of the interactions that he's had in Atlanta have been very interesting. They've been interesting because the natives in Atlanta are actually responding to, like, some of the things he's come up against. Mm-hmm. So, one one place in particular, he went to two places that he that really kind of blew up. It was a place called The Real Milk and Honey, and then there was a restaurant called Old Lady Gang, which is, rest- that restaurant is owned by Candy Burris of, um, of, um. Love and hip, uh, not it's not love and hip. About of Real Housewives fame, or whatnot. But um, so he goes to this restaurant called the Real Milk and Honey, right? So first he tries to order on the phone, and then it says that the restaurant is closed. But then he goes online, sees so sees like, the restaurant says it's open. So he's like, well, you know, I'm gonna just drive down there and then try to get some takeout, whatever, right? He calls and they say, Oh, we don't do any takeout orders, or whatnot. And they're like, Oh, okay. So then he was, he, they drive down to the restaurant, him and his family. Okay. Right. And then his, his family gets out the car to try to go and get the food so he can, you know, taste it. Anyway, they told one of his family members like, oh, we, we're not open right now because we're doing deep cleaning. But like, there was people coming in and out, like kind of still picking up food and stuff like that. Mind you, this is at like three in the afternoon, maybe like four in the afternoon, or whatnot so then he gets out himself or whatnot and like it was like you know kinda see what's going on and then but when he gets out there it was like oh well, you know we didn't know it was you i mean you know we could you know we could, <laughs> we could get something ready for you right quick but then he was like no i mean if that's y'all rule y'all not doing any takeout i mean rules is rules that's that's okay well you know we'll go someplace else Oh, what not. But the funniest thing about that story is that, so after that happened, of course he did a review, and then he started talking about, like, yeah, so, you know, I couldn't do any takeout order, couldn't do any pickup order, so on and so forth. And then people that actually live in Atlanta was just like, bruh, yeah, that's how I'd be in Atlanta. Like, some of, like, the black-owned restaurants in Atlanta, like, they... They have these weird hours. They have like these weird rules where, like, you can't order takeout for us at a certain point in time. They be closing early. They just their hours are like inconsistent, so on and so forth. Everybody had these big, all these explanations to give. Um, but then, what the funniest thing about it was, I, the owner of the Real Milk and Honey, after that happened and Keefley put that on the internet, they get on the internet on their own TikTok, and then they was like, was like who is Keith Lee? Like kind of like trying to be trying joking. To dog like, him. Yeah. Like who is Keith Lee as to which I, I thought they were trying to be funny, but bruh, the backlash they got of how many people was coming, coming for them. Oh, what not? They ended up deleting that video. And then posting another video saying, you know, pretty co- low-key, like, apologizing to Keith Lee, like, oh, you know, we, you know, we started, we want you to come back, we want you to actually come and try our food, so on and so forth. That's but I just hilarious. thought that was so funny, like, bruh, they told us, who is Keith Lee? Like I said, the man got, like, 18 million followers, like, come on, man. He got it's more good. followers in your restaurant. Yeah, maybe. like, let's get serious or oh, whatnot. And, um, and then he had another experience at the old lady game with Candy Burris where, again, you know, he's trying to be incognito. He wants to be, a, he wants to give unbiased reviews. His family goes in. They try to order some food. Same with the takeout situation. They run up against the same thing. Right. But the only difference is when his family goes in, they were like, you know, can we get a seat? You know, can we get some food? They tell them, oh, it'll be like a 90 minute wait. So they like, okay. That's
0: a long wait.
1: They come back and tell him, then he gets out right and goes and is like, okay, how long will the wait be, or whatnot? They're like, oh well, you know, it was ninety minutes, and they try to say like, oh, you know, but we had some people that was that tried to reserve, but they they haven't gave us a call back, but we can get you seated in like five minutes. Oh, what not? So he's like, uh, no, nah, I'm, you know, it's all good. We'll just go someplace else. Oh, what not? Because like I said, he doesn't want the, he's not looking for like the celebrity treatment or the preferential treatment. I'd
0: be looking for the celebrity yeah, treatment. So, like, I but, want that. But
1: that's the whole basis. This is the whole, the whole basis of him of why he has these 18 million followers. Oh, whatnot? not? From these free reviews. He literally, if you go look at all his food reviews, he does his few food review in his car. Like, either he either go picks up takeout with his family or he sometimes he gets stuff like DoorDash to him. And then he does the review that way to give, like, an honest review. And then he's giving, like, honest reviews about, like, this type of service that he got. Like, if he had to go down and get the takeout, so on and so forth. But I just thought that it was funny because, like, literally now since he did that, bruh, it's kind of like Loki turning, like, these restaurants in Atlanta. Like, people kind of, like, Loki, like, change their stuff around now. Because it's just like, bruh, like, everybody in Atlanta, like, the Atlanta natives was complaining, like, bruh, we, this is the type of stuff we've been having to deal with. One lady, one lady said she lived there since 2012, and she was like, bruh, literally, like, all the restaurants in Atlanta, like, the black homers, like, they just be on that type stuff. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what it's about, or whatever. And so, I just thought that it was interesting, because it was just, this just created like a whole firestorm. And the most interesting part about his about his uh tour in Atlanta, his food review tour in Atlanta, he said he ran up again he ran up against like problems like that a couple restaurants. <laughs> he had one good restaurant that he was like, oh man, the service was great, food was great, blah blah blah. And you know what kind of restaurant that was? What? It was a Jamaican restaurant.
0: <laughs> oh wow. That's <laughs> which
1: wild. which if you've eaten at a Jamaican spot, you know Jamaican places are notorious for like their customer service because the customer service is almost non-existent. So for the fact that he went to a Jamaican spot in Atlanta and that was his best review from any restaurant he was at in Atlanta, that really says something about like what the other restaurants had going, which I felt was interesting. Um, Yeah. And so, bruh, um, I just thought that this was really just kind of an interesting thing. And it just really sheds a light on like, like I said, he, his whole base is like he just wants to be treated like a regular person. Oh, now, because at the end of the day, whether he has 18 million followers or whether he has eight followers, like he's just a regular person at the end of the day. His family are regular people. And he wants to have a food experience that should be, that should be experienced by patrons, people that are paying money every day to make your restaurant what it is. You know what I mean? They should get the same experience that everybody else gets. Yeah. You know, another another little side note too with people like being funny because I, there was somebody like Loki like Loki trying to like threaten him, like, Oh, if he come to my restaurant and you know, rated a bad review, we're gonna have to catch hands. Here's a, here's another thing that a lot of people don't know about Keith Lee. He's a boxer. Yeah, the man is a you know He yeah, he's a professional fighter. The man is a mixed martial artist. So like he like I think his last fight was actually last year before he really blew up as a food reviewer. Like this man was literally getting paid for a living to fight people. So I don't know y'all. I don't know if y'all want to run up on run up on him like that. Man, good for him.
0: <laughs> he gets to save his brains <laughs> and not get CC whatever.
1: Oh, CTE, yeah. yeah
0: not get CTE.
1: <sighs> but anyway, yeah, man, I just thought that that was an interesting story, and I just wanted to make sure I, I brought that up and talked about it in the Atlanta scene because we've been in Atlanta. Uh, the, the food in, like, the actual city of Atlanta, to me, but well, we only went to that one spot. That one soul food spot. And it was okay to me.
0: The food in Atlanta was delicious to me.
1: Well, see, a lot of people said, a lot of the natives on Twitter and and TikTok, they were saying, yeah. There's like, at this point, we don't go to none of the restaurants in the actual Atlanta. Oh, yeah. We were on the fringe. Yeah, he was like, the best restaurants in, like, quote, unquote, Atlanta is the cities that are surrounding Atlanta. The Decatur's, the, you know, the just other cities around, um, Clayco and stuff like that so um but yeah man i thought that was interesting and um that's our lifestyle for today all righty so um as it's been always another episode no, just kidding. <laughs> as always we just thank you guys for listening to us um, again if there's a topic that you want to hear about something that we didn't touch on or maybe it's something that you like that we touched on please leave us a comment please leave us a rating we hope that this is a five star um, episode that you give us a five star rating um, and just let us know what you think about the podcast in the comments Um. so until next time and as always deuce deuce God bless <laughs>